0: What you drinking, Pierce?
1: I am drinking a Voodoo Ranger Future Hop, uh, from New Belgium, which so the Voodoo Ranger like line of IPAs I've always been really intimidated by because there are approximately nine million of them. Um, they like put a new one out every month, and uh, so I've like never really tried to try any of them so the other night i was going to a house party and this was the only ipa that they had at (laughs) 7-eleven
2: we are recording this uh in a room with the biggest dog that i might have ever seen in my entire life his name is luca he is a very large great dane
0: and he wants to be in my lap. (laughs)
2: He's trying to eat your microphone, too. (laughs) Uh, Oh, he's about to take your headphones with you. Nope, other one. There you go. Big dog.
0: So you're intimidated by the Voodoo Ranger series?
1: Yeah, only in so much as that there's just so many of them, and not all of them are good, you know, and there's more that... There are more IPAs these days that I don't like than IPAs that I do. You know, they're kind of going the way of uh, the Sours and the Gosas and stuff. They're just becoming, or maybe I'm just getting older. I don't know, because I used to really like the. Uh, I got nothing for what's you. What's that one with the pink elephant? The pink elephant? Elise, yeah. el, uh, Elysium? Elysium. It is Elysium. Um, Which is like, I mean, that's a, a- harsh IPA. Um. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting weak. But this is a good one, this Future Hop IPA. It's a good one. It might be a new favorite if it sticks around. So that's the other thing about Voodoo Rangers is, like, if you find one you like, then it's gone. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. I don't I, – I never have, but I don't like IPAs that are, like, super astringent and piney. Like, it just mm-hmm. – Yeah. I don't like that at all. So,
2: like, Great Return's not really a yeah. jam?
0: Great Return and um, – Pocahontas. yeah
1: Pocahontas is like right on the line for me of like i don't really like it but i do drink it a lot because it's one that almost everybody always has true yeah the Um,
2: convenience factor is high yeah yeah that's fair
1: and it's enough on the spectrum of the ipas that i do like that i will drink it like it's you know i'd rather have that than you know uh
2: bush or oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. any any (laughs) i'm trying to think of like something else that would be on a tap yeah yeah yeah. jordan uh i'm drinking hardywood christmas morning which is the coffee variant of hardywood's legendary gingerbread stout and it's fantastic
0: that's awesome it's good this year do you do you notice a difference uh year to year anymore or
2: i not so much with the variants um the i think they've gotten a lot more consistent in the last couple of years. Cause there for a while they were really, you could tell they were struggling to figure out how to ramp up production. Cause when it first came out, it was like a highly sought after, like people were getting into fights trying to get a hold of it. Cause it was so rare, but now you can get like Kroger has a whole display yeah. of it.
1: They, there were hundreds of cans of it at Kroger the other day.
2: So that's, and you can get it at Costco now too, which is nice. Um, but yeah, the, for when they were ramping up production, uh a couple of years ago it was wildly different year to year and uh in in the last i'd say three or four years it's really leveled out it's pretty consistent
1: is that a good thing or a bad thing
2: i think it's good i, I think it's good i, I, I enjoy it yeah. i think it's
0: i think it's delicious i think that that makes the variance a lot better
1: yeah you know? for sure and uh, oh, you mean like the Christmas morning versus the yeah, pancakes right. Pancakes and
0: yeah, variants, not yeah. variants. Right
2: there, yeah. we go. Um, yeah, I, th- I think the the standard gingerbread stout is still my favorite of the variants. I just enjoy. I feel like I, I you get more of the gingerbreadness from the regular one. Oh, that's fair because you don't have a lot of other flavors mixed in with it to tr- kind of cover it up. Yeah, um, Christmas morning is probably my number two because I love the coffee addition to it. Yeah, freaking.
0: Christmas pancakes this year is so good.
2: Was it, it was the first year for that was like two years ago or something like that. It's pretty new. I think so. Yeah. I had it last year and it yes, yeah, so it was, it was way better than I was expecting it to be.
0: Yeah. They had it on tap at Jack Brown's. And for my Mm, Saint Day, and then again for Meredith's Saint Day, it It was phenomenal.
1: It was better on tap than it was out of the can. I gotta say. Oh really?
0: I've not had it out of the can. I just had the the tap there. mm -hmm.
2: My usually my opinion of at least the regular gingerbread stout is the opposite. I think it's much better out of a can or a bottle than it is off the tap. I think you get more of the spice flavor that way.
1: I guess that. I mean, I should say that I probably I, I haven't had it out of the can in a cup. So the fact that I was drinking it out of a cup at Jack Brown's is probably the biggest difference, you know, I was getting the nose. What are you drinking, Corey?
2: Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: just whiskey today.
1: Right. Uh, yeah. It's yeah.
2: Old
0: Forester, I know. I but yeah, I, I don't know. I it, look, it it was this or a truly from the holiday selection of Truly's, which are pretty good actually. What are the what are holidays? There's a there's a cranberry orange, a um one they call a Christmas sangria that's pretty good, and then there are two more
2: <laughs> <laughs> and two
0: others. <laughs> One of them is green.
1: <laughs> Christmas pine.
2: <coughs> One time, it's probably at mint. Band camp. It's probably like mint. Any, yeah,
1: no, I don't know. Mint jelly, maybe? Mint yeah, mint mint jelly. Don't, I, don't, I don't know. Do you guys remember Jones sodas? Yeah, yeah dude. I, I love Jones sodas. Do you sodas. remember, like, the Thanksgiving pack of Jones no. sodas? No. I, oh, I man.
0: I did not get to have Jones sodas often.
1: It was a huge deal at my stupid homeschool crew co-op thing that I was a part of.
0: That checks
2: out. Yeah.
1: Uh, so, like, but, like, they had, so they had all the good ones, the juice, like, the fruits and, you know, sodas and all the normal people flavors, but then they also had like pickle and, <laughs> and garlic. And like really, there were like hundreds of flavors of Jones soda. Yeah.
2: I'm, I'm, yeah,
1: And they may, I only remember it from one year, probably every year they did a Thanksgiving pack and it was like Turkey and then cranberry, like in each, of, there potatoes. was, it was yeah, a, it was a
0: yeah, box yeah. A of bottle. six bottles. Yeah. A bottle of each of those right. flavors. Right. And
2: the You're first right. one was right.
1: turkey. And then the second one was cranberry juice. Were and they then there good? Was, no, they were terrible. What are you talking <laughs> about? Were they good?
2: I don't know. It was, <laughs> I've never had turkey soda. It was like, if you,
1: if you took, uh, the turkey brine from the bottom of a pan and put it in a cup of cream soda, basically, it was like cream soda was like the base flavor of all the jo- Jones sodas. And then there were like sprinkles of the other flavors.
0: Nah, no, <laughs> no, yeah, no. For sure nah. Yeah. No, no. they were they were terrible. There yeah. was
1: it was like it was like a more of a fear factor aspect to it than any yeah, sort yeah. of enjoyment. Joan soda, yeah. Yeah, that's my glowing endorsement for homeschoolership. But you don't have to take my word for it.
2: Um I went to I did a, I did a track, the last track day I, I did this year, I was at Dominion and I hadn't been there in probably a year and a half. The track had degraded pretty, pretty bad. What's weird is like the, the bump under the bridge that, that is the worst part.
1: And the hole in the bottom of the street. Yeah. It,
2: it was about the same that it's been. It hasn't gotten worse, but it's still pretty bad. The road to the track, like you, you, you turn off the main road and you, you go down the road past Sheets to get to the track and like there's a a clear line where public road ends or like the road that sheets pays for ends and the the dominion pays for begins and it's like really bad
1: yeah that entry road has always been what blows my mind is that like first of all i've always had a really hard time finding the access road to dominion but somehow they changed
2: the intersect the whole that whole exit off the, off of i-95 is completely different now okay
1: so the last time i was at dominion was for the east coast rotary rally i think or it's different it since then in like 19 yeah um but so you're saying since then is when the people have been driving onto the track because you're saying like people are driving onto the track these days
2: It has happened a couple of times where a rando member of the public will leave sheets or something and go left trying to find 95 and instead go past the main gate of Dominion, down past the main building, down pit lane, and end up on the track during a hot session. That has happened a couple of times from what I hear.
1: And that's wild to me to even try to think about because that road is so shitty. How could you possibly think that...
2: Pe-
0: people underst- don't pay attention.
2: Never underestimate the <laughs> stupidity of your fellow man. I um, mean okay. that's fair. But uh, right after the event that I went to, they repaved the bump under the bridge. I think they did some spots in like turn two. I think they did some on the entry road too. So it should. It was a lot better. I went back a few weeks ago to watch, um, they had like this weird endurance race that they haven't run before. It was a six hour enduro that they had several classes for. I think there was maybe about 20 participants, which is plenty for a track that small. A lot of like lemon style cars in some, like, they looked like they came out of a Destructo Derby, like some of these cars. But yeah, they had this enduro there that was pretty cool to watch. I I took my young one-year-old daughter and we went and watched for like an hour and, she now makes race car noises when I show her pictures of race cars, and that's really funny.
1: That's dope. I took my girls to a drift event at Spirit Japan one time. They were really into it the first time. So then I tried to go back, and they were absolutely not into it at all the second time. So that was neat. Cool. That was a cool one-time thing, and I feel like I lost that. But um, was the uh, enduro thing not like a, I feel like it was like a promo for like the, hey, we just paved our track. You know,
2: I don't think so. Do I think the timing just worked out. They had repaved it like a day or two before that. It definitely looked a lot smoother. Just watching the cars go past that spot under the bridge looked a lot smoother. One of the cars that was out there was an SN95 Mustang. Did not appear to have any kind of roll cage whatsoever. And I was very confused. I don't know if they were just short on participants or what, but that seemed sketchy to me. But whatever,
1: because specifically because it was an, an enduro event,
2: because it's a wheel to wheel race event, you you're, oh, you have to have a okay, cage for wheel to wheel. Of course, duh. Yeah, um, so that was sketchy. Maybe it had like a roll bar. It had know? a it had a roll bar that was a two point roll bar. It was literally just a hoop, and that is it. No like nope. downward facing rear bars. No nothing. Just just a hoop, which doesn't sound doesn't do anything. No, interesting. Yeah, so that was kind of sketchy. But I mean. Nobody wrecked super hard from what I could see, and it's it seemed cool. I if they do it again, and I had a car that was caged, I would consider doing it. Should have kept. I should have kept the Swift for that. That would have did been you, a lot of fun. Do you
1: know that I just found out this week that BC Racing makes coilovers for that car?
2: Did they, is there anything they don't make coilovers for?
1: Well, I never was able to find anything for that car while I owned it, but now of course, or oh, did you get I've, rid of it? Oh yeah, of course. Oh yeah, that oh. car's been gone for. for four or five months. Oh, did you sell it right before you got the fit? No, I got it. I sold it just after I got the fit. That makes sense. Yeah. And, oh yeah. So then now all of a sudden I'm finding, you know, brake kits, BC racing coilovers. And
2: did you just like not look very hard? No, I
1: absolutely did. But this dude in Australia just came onto the Facebook group and was like, Hey, did you guys, because like he commented under a post of somebody was like, how do I, you know, what, what spring options do I have? And this dude out of Australia, who was like a new member to the Facebook group, was just like, why aren't you guys putting the BC coilovers on your cars? And we were all like, Ugh, what? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, well, yeah, here in Australia, we call them the, you know,
2: Suzuki, Chevy. Whatever.
1: Well, it's like a Chevy, um, I, don't, I don't even know. It's different. And it's got like a specific chassis code to the Australian version, but it's literally the same car that we have. You know, so, he, so now all of a sudden there's white line parts that I could never find before, BC racing coilovers brake kits, all this shit that I was looking for when I had the car that would have been perfect for a $300 car to, to like, enduro race or, oh, yeah. or anything. you just do anything with.
2: The car weighs nothing. It's not going to chew through consumables.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it was hard to find the wheel bearing, you know. Well, I mean, that car was sold in America, and the wheel bearing for the American version of that car was very difficult to find when I oh. needed one. Mm. Um,
0: <clears throat> cool. All right. Cool bro. Oh yeah, I, f- I thought you had another thought there. You like Oh, I do, but I was oh, okay. waiting for the Oh, 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 oh.
2: too fantastic. I was going to ask you about cuz you brought up the fit. How how is the fit? What's going on with the fit? The fit is go. There we go. I remember those co- really obnoxious commercials.
1: <laughs> with the shrimp and shit. Those
2: commercials were terrible. They, they were, were awful. Awesome. Shut up. No, no, they were awful. It made me hate the car when yeah. it first came out. No, I'm no, sorry. No, they were
0: they were really bad. Yeah. But the cars are amazing, so it kinda like, you know, if you redeemed if, it or whatever.
2: I if you want to listen to three dudes gush over Honda Fits for an hour and a half, then today's episode of Slip Angle is for you. Oh right. Yeah.
1: Was that the one where they were talking about Ross's Yeah, they bring yeah. up Ross. Yeah.
2: It's the two guys that Ross beat on his last lap yeah. at Road America. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. But no, the fit those fit commercials were out at like the same time that those like, trip ass Quiznos commercials were out, I feel like. I feel like there were, like, multiple, you know, brands that were doing these, like, just psycho weird, psycho ass commercials to.
0: I don't remember the Quiznos commercials.
1: With, like, the pirate gerbil things? Oh, man. No. What?
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe I blocked it out of my mind. Bro.
1: I really want to pull it up right now. No, let's not. I mean.
2: Weird Archie
0: Maybe later.
1: You guys are blowing my mind. (laughs) Sorry. No, the fit's good. It's, uh, since I have been driving this Sprinter van every day, I almost, it's weird because like I'll get in it and I will, it, 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 okay. So the Sprinter van is brand new. It's a new car. It's a Sprinter van. Yeah. But it's new. Right. So it has like new things. Everything just kind of works. Yeah. And so then I'll get in the Fit and I'll be like, "Ugh, this old piece of junk." Even though it's definitely, definitely the, newest, like, the car newest car I've car you've ever, ever had, owned, yeah. ever <laughs> owned. But then, like five minutes into the drive, I'll be like, "Oh yeah, that's you know, this is this is pretty this is pretty cool." Oh, <laughs> this was, old I'm, piece I'm, of crap. Yeah,
2: yeah. I was gonna say, does driving around a big van all day make the Fit feel even more like a sports car by comparison? Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It it literally makes me feel like I am sitting on like my ass is dragging the ground, like. Because you know, I'm sitting in the Sprinter van. I'm elevated by quite a bit. I mean, four or five feet. I don't. I don't know. It's tall. It's not a freaking no. Yeah, no. I don't. I don't know. Like what I could. No, yeah. It's not a bulldozer. But I'm my line of sight is well over the top of like forerunners. Wow. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Um, I'm also like my line of sight is also like right at the top of the windshield. They obviously didn't think about ergonomics at all when they built these vans the seat doesn't go down it barely goes back
2: do you have headroom
1: yeah oh yeah because the cab is it's like a nine and a half foot tall vehicle or something like that
0: Uh, that sounds right wrong about no that sounds right
1: so yeah there's plenty it's the high top version of the sprinter van so yeah i've got plenty of headroom where was i going with this
0: line of sight fit getting into the fit right so
1: because of that and because i'm used to like looking down like you know from the mountaintop at the road and and everything. When I get in the fit, it's like I feel like the old grandma that's like looking over the, the <laughs> like top looking of her. through yeah. the steering yeah. wheel. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So it it takes some getting used to. I it, and and then I'll go for like a week and a half without driving the fit at all. So then I'll get in it and like have to relearn how to do cool driving things. And it's I suppose I should probably actually talk about what I do, right? Sure. At some point, since that hasn't been introduced, it hasn't. No. But oh, okay, I haven't been on this show since like September. Well,
2: oh, I've only recorded like one show since September. Yeah, so.
1: that's my bad. Sorry about that. So everybody out there listening,
0: well, and this is the reason is because you you were in Texas for, and you know yeah out right, on so, the road and in DC and
1: so here's what happened. Uh, I got a new job uh, for a sub company of LKQ, which is a very large company that sells aftermarket and remanufactured parts. There's there's a large portion of it that is body parts, but then they also do engines and transmissions and you know everything, everything to do with cars. They have junkyards across the nation as well as like new parts manufacturing plants. It's a Fortune 200 company.
2: LKQ also now uh, they own Keystone as well, which is that's the, one of the largest uh, aftermarket body parts manufacturers in the U.S.
1: Yeah, that's that's why. Yeah, they when they when they bought Keystone, that was really like. It was huge. The huge thing that that really. So then in, in the body part business, they realized that there was a market for ADAS recalibration, the automated driver assistance systems, which the, is like.
2: Like the auto braking, lane assist, yeah, uh, all those sensors and cameras.
1: Automatic distance cruise control, uh, lane watch cameras. Uh, Honda has the, um, the right side.
2: The camera side, on the right side mirror. Mm-hmm, the yeah. right
1: side camera deal. And then parking sensors and all that crap. So the job that I'm doing now, I I have a Sprinter van that I drive around to these body shops that they sell parts to. And then they'll call me. uh, I'll set up appointments and go in there, you know, reset the radar, calibrate the radar. My van is full. It's, like, absolutely packed with all these different target boards. Um, I've got two huge – well, four actually four huge like mounts that you know one of them holds the nissan you should see the nissan array man it's crazy um it's this huge like 100 pound at least tree thing with these arms that swing out like it might be six feet wide in total and then there's like three targets that you have to line up across it it's crazy it's Wild to see. And I, that's all packed into my van, and I drive out to these body shops and reset their cameras and stuff so that they don't have to take the car to a dealership.
2: Pay the tow fee.
1: Pay the tow fee, uh, pay the dealership price, which, I mean, technically we are more expensive than the dealership, yes. But That's kind of surprising. Yeah. But, but... The difference is that they don't have to wait for the dealership because the dealership is not interested, you know, in body shop work. They're they're trying to get their customers in and out. It's all about their um, turn and burn. Their what's that form? The uh, oh the uh, CSA cu-
2: customer. Yeah, I think it's is it CSA? The customer review.
1: Yeah, the review stuff. forms. Yeah, because that's how they get paid.
2: That's literally all. Anytime you go to any service job of any kind, and they give you a. Uh, experience survey, just fill it out with all tens all the time and be done with it. Unless um, unless, unless they, they give you really shitty service. Yeah, unless
1: they actually f*** <laughs> up, like,
2: yeah, you know. Um, and if they do f*** <laughs> up, but it's not necessarily, like, the person who you're dealing with's fault. It's, like, beyond their control. Like, I mean, we, we had a person, when I was at Toyota, this is, like, my my go-to story for this, but, like, when I was at Toyota... We had the service advisor. So when you bring your car to the dealership, the person when you pull up in the service lane and you talk to those people inside, that's the service advisor. That's what that person does. They they are the go between between you and the shop. And they their pay is almost exclusively based on. It's partially based on like upsells and stuff. So that's why they push like the BG services and stuff. But right. the main thing their pay is based off of is the customer surveys. We had a person give like a zero survey because we didn't have free donuts available in the waiting area so ronnie didn't get to eat that week
1: <laughs> yeah sarah tells a story about how when she was working at toyota she had a customer give like she had the customer come in on monday everything was good she, they serviced the car they got it back the same day and the customer was happy blah 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 she got the csa and it was all zeros because the customer originally came in on sunday and the dealership was closed So, like, what are you supposed to do about that? Like,
2: It's just an excuse for the dealership not to not pay its employees. It's so dirty,
1: man. It's such bullshit. Dealerships suck. If you work in a dealership and you listen to this podcast, you shouldn't absolutely ditch that shit.
2: Unless you're a tech that's really good at your job, then maybe stick it out because you you, can make good money. No,
1: you can't. I mean, maybe you can, but you could definitely make better money at a private shop. I guarantee it yeah yeah if you're if you're good at subarus you go to the subi guy if you're good at nissans you go to uh whatever well yeah i mean there's just CarMax.
2: Post- that's where all the nissans go <laughs> zing <laughs> where's the rim shot so
1: dealerships suck so the whole point of what i do is that
2: just having all kinds of problems right now. I'm sorry. (laughs) The dog is like, what is happening? (laughs) (coughs) Dealerships. So so the job that I do is
1: supposed to, like, circumvent the dealership experience. It's supposed to make everything better, you know, on top of the fact that, you know, that the company offers a 24-hour on-site promise. So, like, if you call on Monday, we'll be there either on Monday or Tuesday, you know. That's – That's the guarantee. So, I mean, in my mind, it's like a no-brainer. That's, I don't know.
2: Especially for, like, a high-volume body shop. Like, all these Geico shops are just in and out, in and out, in and out. they got to get the cars through as fast as possible.
1: I will say that, um, like, Mako, um, the Mako and the Calibers around here, they have their own equipment to do, like, literally the bare minimum that Geico requires.
2: That's literally the Geico way.
1: So that's, yeah, that's, they're satisfied with that. They're not interested in having me do any of their pre or post scans and they're totally fine with dealing with the dealership i guess i don't you know as a chain they just i guess they just they, don't care
2: they don't care because if there's ever a problem they just have geico deal with it because they're completely at the whim of geico mm. they could geico controls everything that they do it's mm. crazy
1: i will also say that caliber has a really bad reputation around town this town anyways uh-huh. oh yeah uh-huh, yeah what do you know about it you, did you work at Caliber?
2: Yeah, I worked at Caliber. Oh. Yeah, I worked there for like two years. Why did I
1: think you worked at Witten?
2: No. I applied there. They offered me a job and I said no. Okay.
1: So you were it's at... Not,
2: it's not because of Caliber. It's because it's, people blame Caliber. But honestly, Caliber does exactly what GEICO allows them to do. Well,
1: according to some people that I have talked to recently, like through the COVID experience, Caliber like stopped paying their rent. Oh. Yeah. All the ones here in Richmond, they like stopped paying rent. They started trying to stop paying their technicians. Uh,
2: Um, uh, That didn't really happen. Okay. This is all, this is all like when COVID first hit. I, so COVID hit in what, like March 2020, February 2020. I left Caliber in July 2020. They had cut all overtime, they had cut like a third of the techs. They had cut all non-essential personnel, um,
1: without pay. I mean, like they oh, were cut, them gone, all, yeah, like
2: gone. Mm. Yeah, it was it was pretty rough. Was With, that why you left? Or no? Well, they had cut my overtime, uh, which hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, that extra five hours a week, yeah. made a big difference. Yeah, um, but also I went to a company that doesn't just replace Nissan Ultimate bumpers <laughs> all day. So
0: <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, Nissan drivers, man, what are they doing? Not driving. I, like, every time there's a problem on the road, it's an Altima. Yep.
1: It's always an Altima. It's not even like a Sentra. Like nope.
0: No, no. It, it's an it's what an Altima or maybe like a Murano or, or
2: no credit required, bro. Here's
0: the,
1: what, a Nissan dealer? Yeah.
2: You could, dude, Nissan will sell a car to anyone. An oh, Al, they'll sell an Altima to anyone. Do you know
1: that Nissan is doing this subscription thing now? Have you heard about that?
2: Are they doing the Volvo and the Porsche thing? Yeah, now? yeah, yeah. You like pay a monthly fee and you just get a car it's
1: like a monthly rental on a brand new car huh. yeah like
0: it's... like a lease but but more right rec- like more
2: you like swap regularly. out yeah. it's more
1: stringent and more expensive
2: and you can swap but you can swap out cars you, you can whenever technically, you want, basically. you can
1: technically swap out your car whenever you want yeah but who the fu- who actually is gonna do that
2: with Nissan's uh, insane well, right, psychopaths
1: you know but actually though like if you get into an Altima and you discover it's a piece of shit. You know, then
2: maybe you want to move. Or do into they a, make ones that aren't? Well, I'm... Um, no. Yeah, no. The, some of the Infinity stuff right now is kind of nice. We have a no. we have a Q50 in the shop that has the the VR30 twin turbo V6. Isn't that
0: the huge one?
2: No, the Q. Qf- I think it's a Q fifty. It's the two door coupe. It's basically the G thirty five, the, G35, oh, the oh, new G thirty five. The
1: QX fifty is definitely the yes, Armada. I think it's okay, a Q fifty,
2: yeah. but it's the it's a twin turbo V six. It's the three liter version of the GTR motor that's going in the new Z. Yeah, and it's a great motor. Mm, they are quick. Mm,
1: yeah. Okay. They're 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 good now. Yeah. They well, are fast. Yeah. But it's literally like the difference between the Wish brand and the Amazon brand you know what I'm saying? Wish like, isn't. It? Oh, I'm, no, no, no. okay. I'm, so, yeah. like, you got the Amazon brand or whatever. The, the gu, basics. The, the, the brand name is the GTR twin turbo motor, right? Yeah. It's made good. They actually put care and thought into it, like, production quality. Well, the, but v, then,
2: the VR30 is a derivative of the VR38.
1: Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Then you get the Wish version, which is going into the new f- 400? What are they calling it?
2: It's the Nissan Z.
1: Okay. Uh, it's going into the the whatever G thing that they got going on right now. The SUV. It seems
2: like a pretty stout motor.
1: It's gonna be trash, dude. It's made with with cost cutting parts. There's a reason that that car costs a quarter of the amount of the GTR. And it's well, the GTR
2: came out at seventy grand, and a a new Z is going to be about forty, which isn't crazy. Forty. Yeah, new Z starting about forty.
1: I thought I read they were starting at like thirty.
2: No, it's it's about I think it's like 3995. The new the new Z is coming out at the same price point that the 350Z came out at while accounting for inflation. It's the same price.
1: Oh. I thought it was Which just is a very v-
2: cool. Cuz it's a lot of car for the money.
1: Well, I guess, but I thought for some reason I was thinking that it was on the same level as a Mustang. Or is there a Mustang It's that like a
2: it's like much? a decently optioned GT, like a mid-tier Mustang oh, GT. Okay. Interesting. I still don't like them. What, the Z? The Z. Have you seen like the production version of it? They they changed the front end from that awful yellow concept a little bit and it looks a lot better.
0: I'm not into it, I feel you, Corey. That's fair. I have never liked that car. The three fifty or the three seventy oh really
2: no i don't think they look good at all oh man i i the 350 was like my favorite new car on sale when it was new the
1: 350 was okay i was always like okay with the 350 but the 370 like the 370 hit something in me like it has has like angles it's got like the
2: hips it has real good hips yeah it does have a booty. I, it also has a much, much, much nicer interior than a 350Z. The 350Z interior is embarrassing. Like it's really bad. I've literally never been inside it's one. God off. Like I've
0: been
1: in both.
2: Like the I 2002 say, Trans Am that we have at the shop that's falling apart has a nicer interior than a 350Z.
1: I've been in both the 350 and the 370, and I gotta say that like maybe the 370 is better than the 350, but neither one of them is good.
2: They're terrible. Also true. But the 370 is light years ahead of the 350. I don't I think. know that I agree with that. Maybe I've just been in really ratty 350s, but they're not good.
1: I always feel like – I have always felt that um, the Nissan interiors up until – well, I mean, even currently, like, you know, when I was working at Enterprise, I was running into all the new cars. And the interiors just always reminded me of, like, the mid – the early to mid-2000s Chevrolet interiors. With just like the plastic trims that always squeak look fake, you know, all the stitching just looks so fake. Oh man and
2: the the we have an SN ninety five at the place at which I work for employment. And the <laughs> the the handle you grab on the door to close it, like the whole door panel oh, flexes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. when you'd go to close the uh-huh. door and everything squeaks and it's mm-hmm. just like it is the embodiment of everything that gave me negative stigmas about American cars back in the day. Just it's they're they're such utter garbage.
1: Yeah, is it the situation? Kind of situation where like when you go to open the door, the card hangs on the sill, and you got to like put your shoulder in it.
2: It's not that bad, okay. fortunately, but it's it's real rough.
0: One of my favorite um, moments in Top Gear ever is when Clarkson drives the, oh. the F-150 Lightning and he's, like, pushing on all this stuff and it squeaks and he takes the wheel and, like, jimmies it back <laughs> yeah. and forth and I'd nothing th- happens. So. I thought
2: you were going to say the episode where they have the British Leyland cars and he, he, oh, he, yeah. he opens the door and the door card is still there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that,
0: one's, that one's really good. And the um, I forget what car it was, but when... Uh, 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 Oh, what Hammond, you, Hammond, I think, pulls up in, in like this little ship box or whatever. And Clarkson says, do you know the problem with these is they're really easy to steal. And he goes, if you're a car thief, don't watch this. No car <laughs> thieves are allowed to watch this. And he takes, he takes the hazard button out oh flips it upside down that car? It puts it back in and then they just push start started and yeah it turns
1: on. <laughs> that was a that was a car that we have here i remember watching that and being like yeah. holy shit i'm gonna be rich <laughs> you should look that <laughs> up we should find out
0: what more car shitty that is. cars yeah like literally you you pop if you, you remember this clip
2: i d- i don't remember that one specifically you, no it,
0: literally you take if you can get into the car all you do is take the it comes out as like a module right you take out the module of the of the hazard button turn it upside down and when you push it back in the ignition comes on <laughs> yeah like the vehicle is totally powered How's up that yeah possible like you don't even have to push the button you literally just put yeah. it back
2: in <laughs> and then they just <laughs> God bless British electronics. Then Was they, it a Hyundai?
0: Then they just bump start him and he's like, and he's off and like Hammond or whoever is just holding the key. It's so it hysterical. like So
2: it basically like puts it into key on sort of? Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, yeah, no, yeah. it
1: puts it in run. Oh my God. like straight up. It's, <laughs> yeah. the, the car is on. The, yeah. Like all yeah. the lights come on. It goes ding, ding. <laughs> like it's ready to be started.
2: That's amazing. Gotta find it. I'll find it later. Okay. That's fine. On okay. the
1: topic of shitty old beat ass cars. Yeah. So my new thing now is that uh, because because I've sold the RX seven and I never have time to drive any fun cars, I really want another car. <laughs> Wait, so you Wait. never <laughs> have
2: time to drive your cars? So you want another one? Yeah,
1: you know, logic. This is this is the this is the season of depression. You know, I understand. Where's, we need like a chi- is there like a
0: Boom, doo, doo.
1: Nah, there's got to be like a the more you know kind of. Mm. Is uh, there not one? There's We're only not? four sounds. Oh, it's- really? The season of depression. Nah, not that one.
2: Maybe We could do the applause.
0: No. I, re- Did- I really, th- I really think that we should use the uh, a lot of uh, the Professor Farms' worth <laughs> <laughs> to shred. You say. What happened to his parents? (laughs) To shred you say? How's his wife holding up?
1: (laughs) Good news, everyone.
0: That and the and the boom, doom, doom. more Yeah, Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, well, that's
1: that's what I was looking for. Is like boom, doom. The season of depression. (laughs) I don't know. It's just I have. All right, so I don't have the RX-7 anymore. So naturally, I want like a kitschy, nasty '90s to '80s Japanese car to be in because that's all i've ever known since i've been in high school and man let me tell you if i'm just so upset with the car market right now because everything that i could have gotten
2: here's the all right so you know what hasn't really gone up is ratty third gen supras they are still no
1: you're lying you're wrong i've been looking at third gen supras specifically the ma70 supras because I, I really do feel like a third-gen super is the car that I should be in. That was the first car. I really love that car. They're good, comfortable driver's cars. And girls don't hate them, you know? Like, if I was to show up in an MA70, like, that wouldn't be the worst thing. However, even, like, the ones, the shitty ones that I could have gotten four years ago for $1,500, $2,000, I just looked at one yesterday, last night, that was $7,000. It's got like a bolted-on eBay wing. You know, it's got like the front bumper is barely hanging on. It's like an 86 and a half too. It's got like a bolted-on turbo on an NA engine. Just like it's, it's like drift spec in harsh air quotes. And they want seven grand for this piece of trash. And like maybe four or five years ago, you might see something like that for like five grand and everybody would make fun of them. But nowadays, that's what the value of the car is.
2: That's so crazy. It's
1: so dumb, and it makes me so freaking mad. Because, Can I make you madder? No, be, no. Hold on. Let me be mad about this for a minute. Because <laughs> when I was buying these cars and when I was driving these cars, nobody wanted them. Nobody thought they were cool. Nope. I'm spooking the dog. I'm sorry, oh, dog. This is a big dog. But everybody wanted to make fun of me for being in this tra- tra- Hard air quotes again. trash car. That was so ugly, and that's not a real Supra. The 4th gen is the only real Supra, but now...
2: Forget the three that came before.
1: It's so... Like, I'm having having a real hipster, like, event where, like, I had this car first, and it was cool to me first. Let me just have one, because you all hated them five years ago.
2: All things 80s are cool again.
1: Which is the way it always should have been.
2: It's 30-year cycles. That's how it works.
1: 30 years, you think? 30 years. I don't know. I feel like it's the 80s and 90s thing is going to be the last. Like,
2: I don't know, man. Early 2000s stuff is going to co- come back, too. Like, those three fifties zs we were talking about, as shitty as they are, if you have a nice one still, that's going to be worth a lot of money in 10 years.
1: Yeah, maybe. I, I, but there's going to be an end point to that. And, like, the RSXs cars, and stuff. The cars are not going to last that long. Coming up soon, yeah. like, we're not going to see these cars I agree. last. 30 years. I agree. What were you saying that was going to make me even more mad?
2: So my coworker who I'd actually really like to have on here at some point, uh, Timmy, the two hundred and forty guy. Oh, the head gasket guy. Yeah. yeah, the king of the (laughs) K a head gaskets. He has bought three S 13s in the last or two S 13s and an S 14 in the last few months. And I don't think he spent more than 1500 bucks on any of them. No, no, no. He's buying them from old people. Say that again. Two S thirteens, an automatic and a manual, and an S fourteen. Purple, original purple, which is a very rare color. Manual. Early S fourteen for like fifteen hundred bucks. It has like two hundred and fifty thousand miles on it, but it's basically mint. Yeah. Yeah,
1: you're right. That makes me mad.
2: Uh-huh. That makes me real mad. He's he literally he he's unironically saying it's his retirement fund. Like he's buying No, that's legit. Yeah. He's buying all these cars because he can't not and then he's just going to keep them nice and save them and eventually sell them in, like, 15 years it, when they're worth a billion and a half dollars. Is it where you're looking? Like, is it just...
1: I mean, it has to be.
0: Here's is the it the just other, that it's Facebook
2: Marketplace or whatever, you know?
1: Yeah. The other problem is that the forums he did
2: not He did not find any of them online. He found them okay. all in person. Yeah. The forums... Are old people that don't use Facebook.
1: Yeah, yeah. The forums don't exist anymore. Grass,
2: Grassroots Motorsports Forum, I'd recently discovered, is hopping. It's with, crazy. With cars? Or oh, with... it's full. Like, it's oh. it's the busiest forum I've ever seen.
1: Supermania literally doesn't exist anymore, which was, like, the actual third-gen Super Forum.
2: Like, it's gone-gone?
1: Gone-gone. When, do you remember, like, in late 2000, when all those, the there was, like, all of the vehicle forums were on, like, this one server, this one format, and that, that thing got hacked and all the passwords got leaked out. So then all of the vehicle forums like moved over. It was bulletin, I think, Maybe. wasn't it? I don't remember. So then all the vehicle forums like moved over to different platforms or a different server or just whatever. Went that to was Facebook. the first big
2: blow. Yeah. So
1: like RX-7 just moved over. They like literally copy-paste. It, it's the, the, um, the layout is like totally different, but it still feels mostly the same. But Supermania like never came back. They've got a they've got a a landing page now that just says, "Hey, here's what happened. We're working on a new one, but that last update was in like February of 21, I think. So yeah, it just doesn't exist anymore.
2: That is such a shame. That happened to the that Cressida was... forums six months before I bought my first Cressida. <sighs> yep."
1: Ouch. Yeah, there was so much good stuff on Supermania, man.
2: There were just good people
1: on Supermania. Yep. And I just don't know how to find them anymore.
2: I genuinely think forums are going to make a comeback because image hosting is not as complicated as it once was. And I think Facebook as a social media platform that we currently know it to be is not long for this world. I hope so. Because none of the Zoomers are on it. None of the Zoomers are on Facebook.
1: It's just not as easy to browse and research so topics many on ads. The
2: Facebook groups. It's, it's Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not what it used to be. Yeah, for sure. Hey,
1: everybody. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. We really appreciate you giving us your time. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at Beer and Backfire or shoot us an email at Beer and Backfire at gmail.com. You can also reach us individually. Corey's red pants are always at c.crehan. Jordan's fantastic race car progress can be followed at The Daily Downshift on Instagram and Blogspot. And I'm savedro 88 on just about every social media platform that exists. On behalf of the three of us, I'd like to wish all of you a very safe and happy Christmas. Now go be good to each other and do race car shit with your friends.
0: The
2: subs! Cause they are good to us! The Quiznos subs! They are tasty, they are crunchy, they are warm because they toast them!
0: They got a pepper
2: bar! Quiznos new Santa Fe trio subs with smoky chipotle sauce. Try chicken, roast beef, or smoked turkey. The Quiznos! Subs. Quiznos! <coughs> <coughs> toast. Candy.